Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Magically Cruising, the cruise podcast where we share our personal cruise tips and reviews to help you make the most out of your next sailing. My name's Kieran. I'm an independent travel agent specializing in all things cruise, Disney, and North America. Hey, I'm Sarah, and I write at Cruising with Kids and Mini Travelers. Brilliant. Thank you, Sarah. And today, despite the fact that we've got Storm Kieran, a storm that is named after myself, which <laughs> I'm not happy about, I've taken great umbrage with the fact that this storm is named after me, but it's a different spelling. Um, the weather here is quite grim, so we thought we'd talk about somewhere that's a little bit warmer, but prone to storms in its own little way, um, but somewhere that I know you're a big fan of, Sarah, which is Miami and sailing from Miami. Yes. Uh, do you know, weirdly, when I, the last time I went, there was a storm. How weird's that? Really? <laughs> yeah. Big coincidence. But yeah, I absolutely love Miami. So what we thought we'd do today is we'd talk about, similar to where we've talked about kind of sailing from Orlando or sailing from Central Florida, Port Canaveral, Port Canaver, we thought we'd do a similar episode, but talking about sailing from Miami, um, just because Sarah, I know you're a big fan of Miami, you love traveling from uh, to Miami and you kind of really enjoyed your experience there. I've got a slightly different perspective on it. Um, it's not one of my favorite places to cruise from, but I think that's why it's an interesting topic to have, just to explain to people who maybe... Um, how they're in America and they're thinking of cruising for the first time and they maybe want to know how to navigate Miami or particularly as well for kind of people from the UK who are sailing to Miami um, who want to just have an understanding of just what it's like to kind of visit Miami and also cruise from Miami. So uh, I guess, I don't know if you've got anything to hand, but obviously Miami is one of the largest cruise centers in the world. Obviously the number of ships departing here every single day is astronomical, isn't it? I have got this somewhere. Because I would say like, when you sail from someone like Southampton, and Southampton's a busy crew port, but on a peak day, there will be maybe like four ships in total. And that's a busy day as far as Southampton's concerned. But from my understanding and from when I was sailing from Miami, uh, there were like seven, eight ships in. And that's a typical day of number of ships that could be sailing from Miami on a typical day type of thing. So it obviously gets incredibly busy and it is just such a big popular port. So there's a lot of things you need to be aware of, isn't there, when you're kind of approaching Miami terminal and kind of navigating it. And it is the second, the world's second busiest cruise port and it had in a year over 4 million passengers. And I oh, think when you looked at crazy. it, it was like Southampton's in the hundreds of thousands. It's it's astronomical, the difference yeah. of the Florida, is the, I mean, all the Florida it's, cruise ports are the biggest in the world. They're the busiest. And yeah. It's astronomical when you look at the difference in the amount of people that go through those ports as to what goes through Southampton, and I suppose yeah. that's why it's busy. And obviously, you've got some of the largest ships in the world as well, the revenue sailing, and that's then they're sailing regularly as well. It's not like it's mm. you know once a season that the big ships come in. You've got obviously some Oasis class ships right the way down to kind of some of the smaller you know six star lines as well. So it is a very busy terminal with lots of ships sailing every day. I mean, sailing out of Miami is like it's like being in a cruise car park. It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> it you, is very much, isn't it? For footage, it's like video and bits of ships. So you can write this would be good for this. This is good. To, you, just, you could just go and sit there for a week and have so much content. Um, yeah. But obviously, that comes. I, th- I think there's just things you need to know to navigate it and get the best out of it. I mean, for example, flying in. I, I mean, I think it's the worst airport I've ever flown into in my life. And every time we've flown into Miami, it's the same. It takes three and a half hours to get through customs. Have you ever had an experience with that? No. Well, I flown into Miami twice. That very, very, very first trip back when I was like 20. So we're talking 20 years ago now was into Miami. So I have very few memories of it other than just mm. um, this really random story. And it is random, but my first ever time going long haul, first ever time going to Miami. So I was a bit like overwhelmed and a bit kind of um, 
sleep deprived because obviously the time difference from the UK. And as we're going through the customs area, the security guard was saying to me, oh, sir, can you undo your top top button on your trousers type of thing and undo your belt? So I was like, oh, yeah, sure, no worries. So I undid my belt. She's like, oh, sir, can you just undo your top button? I'm like, all right, okay, where's this going? So I showed the top of my underpants. And she was like, okay, sir, sir, can you please pull your pants up? Pull your pants up. So I'm stood there in security, sleep deprived, pulling up my underpants. And I'm literally pulling them up higher and higher. She's like, sir, your pants, your pants, pull them up. And I'm like, I'm pulling them up. I'm pulling my pants up. And she's like, these, these. And I was like, oh, my trousers. <laughs> like, that's my one and only memory of Miami Airport was just feeding customs, pulling my underpants up to my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and like the second time I did it was literally this year, but I did it with Virgin Voyages, who so was on a hosted trip. And I have no bad memories from it, but I think it's because we were kind of being guided and hosted. So I didn't really have a bad experience. They did all the driving for us. So we had like um, a coach that took us from the airport right. to our hotel. And then equally, then we stayed on the coach and we went from kind of the hotel to the cruise terminal. And I guess being greeted by Virgin Voyages at their own terminal, because obviously they have their dedicated terminal when they sell from Miami. Mm. I think we kind of got the VIP track. So our experience getting to the terminal was really easy. Um, getting out, that was a nightmare. Having eight ships all disembarking at the same time. Oh, we I've did sitting a lot them. of traffic. Yeah. Well, for getting out the actual port. But yeah, definitely the, the airport is like a, a huge thing. I mean, my top tip, if you're flying into Miami internationally, is and I made the, a schoolboy error this year, even though I knew that it was going to be a massive queue. Um, I just, I just really needed the bathroom, so I got off the ship and went to the bathroom. Come out of the bathroom, queue's massive. So just cross yeah. your legs and get through passport control. Run, get off, run, <laughs> and then go out the other side because it's that bit getting through that is horrendous. And as I say, three and a half hours it took us. Um, but it, it well, really. We're not. We're flying back from Miami, aren't we, next year? So I think we're going into Orlando International one time, and the next time we're going, we're coming back from Miami. Um, but then coming out of the airport, I think it, you've got to be careful of the taxi situation. Have your Uber app downloaded, ready with payment on, because yep. we found there was eight of us. So we, I, I didn't have the Uber app, I and mean, obviously where I live in a field, you don't get Uber. It's there's just <laughs> no need for it. It's I remember once a PR coming up from London and I met him at Burnley train station. He said, right, we'll get an Uber. And I was like, we don't get Uber in these parts. It will take you an hour for it to come from the city. Um, <laughs> just don't get it. Um, so, and he was gobsmacked. He just couldn't believe it. So I don't have an Uber app anyway. So yeah. our, our friends ordered, but you can only order one at a time. So if there's a group you make sure you've all got. So we just jumped in a taxi and I've got it wrote down yep. here somewhere. It was, the difference was just, it was astronomical what the difference was it was i think it cost us something like 25 dollars more to get the the taxi from the taxi stand than it did the uber yeah yeah which is a huge difference that's the thing isn't it we so i rarely book like pre-arranged transfers for my customers from airports to kind of hotels or to cruise terminals just because the pre-arranged transfers are so expensive and as you say Uber this day and age, particularly for kind of coming over an airport and for major cities, uh, Uber is generally, and I hate admitting this, but Uber is generally a lot cheaper. So I always say to my customers, you know, just either book the local coach transfer service if there is one or get an Uber. And we always do an Uber ourselves personally when we travel. So I recommend that to customers as yeah. well because I mean, it's easier in most cases. This loads. I've just found it now. So the Uber to our hotel on, it was North, North Beach, cost $25. 
the taxi, which, oh my God, I was terrified because he was a maniac driver and his car didn't sound like, it was like a Flintstone car and it was 55, (laughs) $55. Um, So that'd be my top tip. Definitely get an Uber. Um, If you're cruising, somebody asked me in the group this, I don't know if you saw it this week and they said we're, should, should we go on the day? I was like, no, go before, go the day before. Oh, yeah, no, no, never. It, it makes my skin crawl when people say like, oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to fly in into the, the morning of our cruise. I'm like, not a good idea. We did two days and do you know what? We should have done three because um, really? it was just phenomenal. Um, but then I just think you get to explore the port, don't you? Because if you were stopping at Miami, you'd go off and explore. But when you just get in there and off, you don't see much otherwise, do you? Yeah, we had a lovely time. So we did North Beach as well on our first day as part of my version trip, at least anyway. Um, so it was a bit quieter than going to maybe the South Beach mm. area, but they did take us as well then to the Moxie in South Beach. So we got to kind of go see one of the more modern hotels a bit closer to where the terminal is as well. And then the day before, they actually gave us a really cool trip. So we did the, and I forgot what the exact name of this the company is, but there was a jet boat service you could do. So you can go out into the Miami Harbor, go around kind of all the islands just off the coast and everything, and see all the millionaires' houses and everything. So that was a really cool thing to do because... Virgin's a bit different because other cruise lines, you don't embark early. So some cruise lines, you can get on the ship as early as 10 o'clock. Virgin's earliest slot is one thirty, So you're normally kind of right. killing time around by the port in the morning. So it was quite cool, actually. to And we could walk then from the ship to where this jet boat was. Really? Um, so I thought that was a really cool thing to do, actually. So you get to go out, you get to um, go past all the ships as well, and they're lined up kind of embarking. Yeah. So that was kind of cool as a bit of a ship nerd. Go around to all the millionaires' homes. We were, we were all literally, my hair was all up here from all the wind <laughs> and the, the seawater before. So the photos of us boarding the ship aren't particularly glamorous. And they were like, let's take some photos. I'm like, let's not. Let's let's comb my hair first, shall we? Um, but that's a really cool thing too. There's a really nice area, isn't there, near the terminal anyway, yeah. where there's a couple of bars and restaurants if you're killing time. Just most cruise lines, you can embark quite early, so you probably no. won't have that much time in the morning. But maybe after your cruise, if you've got time before your flight, you can maybe get an hour or two in that kind of downtown area by the port terminal with some restaurants and bars. Yeah, which is a really good idea, actually, because we had a late flight and we went back to the airport and um, we couldn't get through into a lounge for quite a few hours. So actually, it would have made sense to go over yeah. there and have a drink rather than wind up in some bizarre cafe in the airport with all the taxi drivers. Um, but so it would be worth doing that. <laughs> I know. It's it a funny really one awesome. as well. I don't know what it is about like American airports as well. You, it's a bit of a lottery, isn't it, about whether you're going to have amazing facilities where there's some really cool bars and lounges mm. and places, or you're in what I would call lovingly kind of like um, a service station where you've got like a couple of really yeah. random shops. I don't know. They don't. I don't know what it is. Like our airports are more like malls, isn't they? I find when yeah. you're in the UK and you go to the airport, there's lots of places to sit, eat, and dine and shop. I've been to some American airports where I would class them as glorified service stations or, you know, I think rest stops, Americans call them. But it's, it's weird. I can't fathom it why there's not more choice of like dining and um, retail yeah. in American airports. So it can be a bit why boring if you're there really time to kill. And I'd got really excited because I'd in my head got it all mixed up and thought it was going to be Orlando International, like, you know, because that's amazing, isn't it? With so yeah. I said to my friend, there's a giant Disney shop and I'm going to buy this and there's an amazing makeup shop. And so, and we got there and they were like, where, where is it all there? <laughs> can't find it. And it's just a wrong airport. It's a wrong airport. So I can't wait till April to go to Orlando International. But um, even the lounge weren't that big. It was a bit squashed, to be, to be fair. But um, 
I think I was yeah. drunk the entire time because I don't remember anything about Miami Airport at all, whether that's consciously or subconsciously. But I don't recall. I probably should check through my photos, but I, I don't remember the airport at all. But that's maybe the impression it left on me. There wasn't much to remember. Yeah, it's it's not it's not too exciting. There's a few nice murals and stuff like that. But yeah, you, it could be a lot better when you look at Orlando International. But anyway, yeah. we've not even got the Blue and Airport yet, have we? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, version. We're not keen on the airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, one thing we because we stayed on North Beach, my friend booked it, and it, it's a bit a little bit further out obviously than South Beach, um, but that meant that it was a lot cheaper. So we stayed in a Rui hotel. It was nice actually. It was had a nice pool, but it it, it it was a bit stormy, not really raining, but cloudy and windy. Um which I likened to what it was like on um, the holiday. Really? Do, do, you watch, do you watch the holiday? No. no. I was like, we are about your holiday. holiday. Oh, my God. What is How the holiday? How are we friends? The holiday is like a film with Cameron Diaz and, and uh, Jack Black and watch it. It's amazing. Really? I have to look it uh, up. Every, yeah, anybody, no. Everybody listening will have, heard, will have watched the holiday. But basically, she, go, she goes to LA, swaps lives with Kate Winslet, and um, one goes to England, one goes yes. to LA. Yeah, yes, that, no, I've seen yeah. it. Yes. So it's like, it yeah. was like that, that stormy weather. That's what it was like. That was the point I was getting to. Um, so <laughs> it actually forced our hand because we'd have spent the day laying on the beach and or around the pole. Um, because it was like that, I'd researched everything to do in Miami. So we just got out and explored and we left for a, a walk. We got up and had breakfast, obviously up early because jet lag. Left the hotel for a walk at nine in the morning. And got back to the hotel, I think, at nine o'clock at night. Really? And we just went for a short walk in it. We did everything in that day. We looked like hell. We'd been drinking all day. <laughs> not, not paralytic, but merry. But we'd done yeah. so much. We'd just got out and just explored, and it was yeah. just one of the best days ever. That's the cool thing, though, isn't it? Like, that beach as well. So whether you're on kind of South Beach or North um, Beach, you've kind of got that boardwalk area, haven't you? That kind of goes the entire yeah. length of the beach as well. and. Obviously, then you've got kind of a couple of blocks and away from that, there's loads of bars and restaurants and hotels and things like that mm. to kind of pop into if you wanted to. So, yeah, you're right. There's definitely loads of option type of thing. And then if you want to head to kind of more the quintessential Miami vibe anyway, then South Beach mm. is where it's going to be. That's where you're going to find all the Art Deco buildings right. with the neon neon lights type of thing. So we've done both. So I've stayed in North Beach and we've visited as tourists type down to South Beach. And, yeah, it's beautiful. Like, there's no denying it. It's absolutely beautiful and it's iconic and that kind of Miami vibe that everyone kind of raves and that art style that is 100% in full force kind of pretty much through the whole of that kind of Miami beach area, isn't it? Well, we walked down the beach and we because we thought, right, well, we'll just walk to South Beach, which obviously took a long time, stopped for a wine a few times because for me, a real big deal was seeing the beach hearts. That was like my one thing yeah. I wanted to see was a pink beach heart and it was opposite our hotel, so we were well lucky. Um, so we walked down and then when we got to South Beach, we went to like the birdcage, which is famous for a, a movie with, is it Dustin Hoffman? And then there was this yep. bar and it was just, it was, it was 12 noon on a Saturday and this bar was just banging and um, mm. it was a drag queen bar. And all our friends yeah. were like, let's go in, let's go in. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to like it. I don't know if it's my cup of tea. And we were in there for two and a half hours and it was just amazing. They had this <laughs> massive show. They did this bottomless brunch. And if you go in, it's called The Palace on South Beach. And I mean, honestly, I, I thought like Chris, my husband, is well, I just didn't know. I didn't think it'd be something kids really enjoy. And all his yeah. friends. And honest to God, they it was just it was mesmerizing this show. These these 
ladies were stunning and swinging from rafters and it was brilliant it was <laughs> and it was just such good fun so we were at a table we were at loads of drinks really enjoyed the show um, so if you're going to South Beach, then book the bottomless brunch. We would just like spare parts, like milling about and having drinks, but definitely worth doing that. Um, and then from there, we decided that we wanted to see a bit of Miami. So we, we called an Uber and we went down to Wynwood Walls. Have you ever been there? No. Oh my God, right. So we're driving there and my friend's husband's going, what What have you brought us to? Like, what is this? <laughs> and it was, it is in the middle of the project's. Just really? as you drive through, you know, like when you see it in the films, it's like that. And we drove through, and they're like, "What? what are you? <laughs> you yeah, know, you're why are you here? Like, oh my god, oh my god!" But I'm, I'm saying, I'm sure it's amazing because everything I read says it's amazing. And you get there, and it's basically the the government or the, the Miami Council, whoever it is, have decided to regenerate an area, and they've brought all local right. artists, and they've painted. Uh, did you see my picture of my French bulldog? I've seen your pictures yeah. actually now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a massive area and they've completely regenerated it and there's street art and there's painting and there's like a a food market and food stalls, local crafts. It's huge. There's an art gallery. Cool, yeah. If you do one thing in Miami, you've got to go to the Windward Walls because it is incredible. It is just – and you can do a tour, I think. You can get one of those people on a bike with a hood. What are they called? On a bike with a hood? (laughs) Yeah. So the man rides the bike and there's a... <laughs> you get a tour from E.T. <laughs> <laughs> a little man riding a bike and he's got a carriage on the back with a horde. What are they called? Like what? Yeah, that. And you can get one of them and it takes you all round. Um, but then you can go and have like the food. Oh, oh my God, it was just... I'll go back again. It was definitely worth doing. So one thing I will say, Miami is like this melting pot of culture as well. So obviously you've Mm. got kind of Floridian as well. So you've got all the Floridian food. So if you kind of go down to the Mm. Key West area, Central Florida, there's an amazing food culture there as well, just for kind of that Southern, you know, Floridian flavors. But then when you mix in as well, the fact that the connection to kind of um, the Latinx community and the Latin community as well, you've also then got that amazing kind of Caribbean vibe, that amazing Mexican vibe coming in as well. So there is so much food culture and so much music yeah. and art culture as well. That's kind of very multicultural, very multi-influenced type of thing. And it's really cool to kind of see that and see that more authentic side to Miami rather than yeah. kind of, and I love downtown Miami, but it's very cool to kind of see the more authentic side of it, whereas actually what the locals showcase of Miami rather than kind of the vibrant modern contemporary Miami that we see a bit more on TV type of thing. Yeah, we stopped at Little Havana on the way back at night. Just We just got Ubers then. And, and again, amazing atmosphere. And I think that's the thing with Miami. You've got to go and see all the different things and experience yeah. it all. It's not just one thing, is it? And that's what I just went thinking. I'd been before and we'd been to a hotel, not really been at the hotel, sunbathed and then got on the ship. But I just couldn't believe how, how many diverse cultures and how many different yeah. things we saw in a day. And that just blew my mind. It just made me fall in love with Miami where before I wasn't really that bothered. No, and maybe that's where I've not really fallen in love with it. My two memories of it, I've been a few times, but we more stay like Fort Lauderdale a bit further up because we've got family who live in Fort Lauderdale. So they, she always kind of avoids going into Miami. She'll happily take us where we've been and we've been toured around and we've seen kind of all the, the millionaires who live on the waterfront type of thing. And she took us downtown and we went to South Beach. So we've been around there and seen it all. But 
she's not a fan of kind of the big Uber kind of Miami. And I think she's taken mm. this to Fort Lauderdale, where it's a little bit more local. So you're seeing, mm. again, that more local and small t- small America vibe. Um, and then when I did it, I was very young, very, very young. So we did, again, all that kind of main bit. Um, and my last trip, I say, like I say, was hosted by Virgin. So they took us around everyone. I didn't get to really free off and explore. But I guess, what's your perspective of Miami? Because I always have this this opinion that you either need to hire a car to go off and explore places or you need to get taxes everywhere because it's not, well, it's not like most cities from my perspective anyway you can obviously stay on south beach north beach or you can stay in kind of the downtown area and you can obviously traverse that by foot but to get between all these different places you generally need to kind of transport to them don't you and my understanding is local transport isn't great as in like buses and there's no metro we didn't even look to be fair what there was eight of us and we just really good strategy one of our friends said i will pay for everything and at the end of it we just (laughs) we just split it four ways yeah and it worked really oh, well, actually. Right, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, after he's like, cha-ching, on all the uh, American Express points. But <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you've got a free flight out of this. But no, it was brilliant because he, he looked after it all. And it was uh, he paid for all the drinks, got for all the food, all the Ubers. And it just worked really well because then we just split it. But we just got Ubers and there weren't, I mean, uh, none of them were that expensive. I think it cost us like $15 to go out to Wynwood Walls, which was like the furthest. The thing that I didn't get to do was a design district, which I was desperate to go to because it's meant to be mega for shopping and restaurants and art galleries. But as soon as I said art gallery, I'd lost my friend's husband. <laughs> and, and Chris, when he heard shops, I'd lost him at shops. So I didn't, but I'm going next time. I think there's so much you can do. And I think, I think sometimes we're really guilty, aren't we, of going somewhere like Miami and thinking there's a beach, there's an amazing pool. Yes. And getting yeah. a bit of pool time in before you get on the ship and not actually doing anything. Um, when there's so much to explore. That's what I was going to say as well. I think it's we're guilty, and I, I'm really bad for it as well. And I try and convince customers to kind of add in a couple of pre-cruise days or post-cruise days as well to give them the chance to explore the destinations mm. they're cruising from. Because I know for a lot of people, they focus on, well, no, the cruise is the holiday. Oh, um, that's my vacation. I'm going to go on the cruise. And I think some mm. people, you know, don't think of the the port either as as part of the destination. They don't extend it as well because. You know, I did it in Athens recently. First time we went, we literally flew in late in the night and the following morning straight to the ship type of thing. So didn't get to see any of Athens. Whereas on the last trip, we added on a day before and a day afterwards. And we kind of got an earlier flight on purpose to give us more time to get out and explore it. And I'm kicking myself because I now wanted more time in Athens to explore more of it. So probably, again, if I did the same in Miami and I had more time to go off and explore and spend a bit more time there, I'd probably feel a lot differently than just treating it as as you say, a cruise car park, if that's what it's there for. I'm just going there to get on the ship and get off type of thing. What What's your thought on that, actually? Because we've we've done it where we've done before, don't we? We've done after. And I definitely prefer prefer before because after, I'm always a bit jaded and I want to get home. What do you, what's your <laughs> thought? Um, I do, weirdly, I'm going to be that very divisive person. I kind of like to split her a little bit because particularly for long haul as well, the time difference, I... I don't like being on a cruise ship jet lagged because I feel like that I'm waking up at like four in the morning and I'm going to bed at like nine o'clock at night. So that irritates me as well. So I think being able to have a day or two before to kind of acclimatize to the humidity, particularly to Florida and to acclimatize to kind of the time difference that helps me so much. Um, and then equally though, when I get off the cruise, I think I I have massive like post-cruise depression. So I get off a ship and instantly I'm in this like big come down of like, all of this over, it's ruined now. I'm going to spend nine hours on a flight. So I think I like having a day or two afterwards as well to kind of uh, decompress the cruise and kind of then go and 
extend that excitement type of right. thing and not feel like I'm going straight from the cruise to doing my least favorite thing, which is then stick to sit on a plane for four to however many hours. Oh, we had, um, I haven't even got out the cruise port yet, but we had some horrendous, horrendous, um, what's it called when this plane drops? Oh my God. It oh, was, turbulence. It was so bad that I, because I get my gluten-free lunch, so I get it early. Um, <laughs> and I just, I hadn't unwrapped it, right? And I had a glass of wine and I had my arm over it. It just started, and it started to drop the plane. And um, my wine, everybody's drinks hit the ceiling. And my fruit salad really? went like that. It, I never found no, a fruit salad. really? It was, it was literally, my tray went boom and hit, everything oh. went. But I was like that, trying to hold it. But everybody's drinks were everywhere. Every, I've really? Never, I have never... It really dropped. I've never experienced that before. Yeah. Like that. All I could hear was my friend, 10 rows back, screaming. She she was hysterical. But, um, yeah, but anyway, that's just a side to the point. But um, but that is the thing when you come home, getting the flight home and... Yeah, yeah. And definitely. I, 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 it's one of the things, it's a blessing and a curse. We, we travel a lot now, and my least favourite part of travelling, and I, I know disrespect to any cruise line but flying has become my least favorite part of traveling at the moment um wow. i just think planes are smaller than they've ever been service is tighter than it's ever been it's just not as much fun as it used to be and it was never particularly fun but i think it's just got less and less fun type of thing so i can't remember the last time i went on a plane for two hours or longer where i was like oh i feel refreshed and i'm ready to take on the world i'm always irritated <laughs> because i'm tall and i got back issues and i got you know swelling issues in my legs i always come off a plane grumpy so i don't look forward to it and i don't i don't get excited for a type of thing so no i anything to kind of just break that up a little bit i'm always happy it's why originally when we used to travel we used to travel for like two three weeks at a time before we had the dog um unfortunately we can't do that now because of dog care but that's why we used to travel for a longer period when we used to fly, just kind of just, if we're going to go long haul, go long. Do you know, do you know why you feel like that? Because you've never had kids. Because I get on a plane now and I'm quite excited that like nine hours un- uninterrupted. Because can you imagine flying nine hours with children? When they're like, mom, no, mom, I I'm can't. hungry. I'm mom, bad to I can't, oh, I can't turn the telly on. Oh, oh, and you just fall asleep. And they're like, wake up, wake So actually to get on a plane now, obviously they're adults and they're asleep anyway, but... I really appreciate that now where because when really? they were younger I used to find it a bit yeah I mean any parent will tell you that it's not easy flying with kids it's even if they're good it's you've still got you've got their needs to look after you can't just yeah. relax so actually I really appreciate flying now because I can relax it's a necessary evil like I don't have any it is what it is type of thing I just I don't get excited or look forward to flying anymore and it does it does then definitely, like I say, the thought of getting off a cruise ship and going straight to the airport does not appeal to me. It, it, it is what it is. Like, if it saves money, then I'll do it. Um, but if I can avoid it, I'll try and do it. And that's why we try and make our trips long haul, longer, as, as much as possible. I think what we're going to do this year for the Orlando one is we're going to book an airport hotel. We'll spend the day at an airport and just sit by the pole. Because in Miami, I just felt like it was we were waiting about a lot. We could have been sat by a pole drinking a cocktail, couldn't we, or... Yeah, get in yeah. Alaska. I think that's the thing. Sun. I don't I don't enjoy that bit. That whole oh, well, if you if you most flights are from the UK are at about five, six, seven o'clock in the afternoon type of thing. Mm. So it's that weird time, isn't it? Of because you've got to do an international um, border, you've got to go three hours before. So you get to the airport about two or three o'clock. There's not really enough time to do anything. Yeah. But there's also yeah. too much time to kind of just go straight there. So you're in this weird limbo state, aren't you, on that last yeah. day of like, what do we do? Where do we go? What how do we kill time? Yeah, what we did. So 
We went to the Virgin Tickets to a really great attraction in uh, Miami. I can't remember what part of Miami it was in, but it was an attraction called Super Blue. And it was like an art installation, but it was one of those modern ones where they play about with like video projection. It's got lighting oh, effects. Right. It's got art installations. And it was really, really cool. It was a great way to kind of kill. I think we were there for like an hour and a half, two hours total. Um, but like the first room you walk into where they project kind of flowers everywhere on the wall, all these like sunflowers, and it's replicating the cycle of the life basically where um, you see the sunflower grow, it blooms, and then it wilts, and then it dies, and then it kind of starts up again. But then the next room you go into, then you start the trail of where all the kind of light beams go type of thing. So as you touch the wall, then the light beams move out of the way, and it creates all these flowers and everything behind the light blooms where you've been. It was just really cool, like the interactive art experience. They've Where's got one that? of those ones, and, it, and this is Super Blue in Miami. Oh. Super Blue is a brand, apparently, so there are multiple destinations around the world. Um, but the one we did was in Miami. It's on my Instagram. If anyone wants to hunt down the pictures, I did a reel as well about it when we were there as well. So hunt that down on my Instagram. Um, but one of the ones that I like, you've done this probably on Anthem, where you can put your hands on the pads and it reads your heartbeat, um, and yeah. then the lights pulse. So they've got a they've got a giant room version of that basically, where there's like a thousand light bulbs above you. Um, so it does that where you, it follows your heartbeats and it pulses, and your heartbeat becomes one of the one thousand in the room type of thing that was a perfect like way to kind of break up that whole well, you've got a couple of hours to oh. kill before the airport thing i think that was a lot of fun and i definitely enjoyed doing something like that on the last day and i love things like that anyway like any sort of mm. like modern art installation interactive thing is right up my street and that's actually a really good tip because we were going to do it on ncl and then we never got it booked so that it was too late is if you book a cruise trip on the last day then they look after your luggage and take you to the airport yes. which is yeah we so should have done that because yeah, as I say, we ended up meandering around. So it is a good option that if you look for something you're interested in, at least your cases yeah. are looked after. So I think that's the worst thing. You're stuck with your cases, aren't you? If you could just send them to exactly. the airport, that sh- that should be a thing. Well, what one of my customers does it all the time with Royal. Every single Royal cruise she does, guaranteed she books the post cruise excursion to the airport. Yeah. So in Miami, she did Port Ever. She did the Everglades. Sorry. So she went out airboating on the Everglades type of thing, and then. Because it was such a late, I think it was like 7 p.m. flight home. Um, they obviously, as you say, they looked after her suitcases for her. She didn't have to worry about yeah. them. They went off, had a lovely day with the family type of thing, doing the airboats in the, um, in the um, Everglades, and then dropped her off at Miami Airport. She didn't have to worry about it or think about it type of thing. So that's a lovely way to kind of, yeah, not have to stress about sorting your own stuff out or getting around type of thing. Well, that I think that was the only one left when we did the NCL one. And there's you just there's nothing in this world that would get me there because that is my biggest irrational phobia is crocodiles and alligators i can't even look at them so when i worked at college i used one of the guys i used to work with he used to put it on my screensaver on my computer because he knew i couldn't look at my really? computer to turn it off i i've no way before i go i start having nightmares about them no me sick and i think it's from when the boys were little i read somewhere that they used to eat small children or they could eat small children and i think it's because i weren't bothered about them before i used to watch crocodile dundee no problem can't watch it now it's really weird so obviously that's a thing to watch out for <laughs> I've been to Florida like 32 plus times and I've never once done the airboating excursion type of thing. Just, yes. I want to do it, but it's never been high enough on my priority list of things to actually get the effort to do it type of thing. I'm always finding other things to do. Um, but yeah, I've never done it and I've been so many times to Florida. If you're that clever that you're still here when the dinosaurs went extinct, you can't be trusted. Simple <laughs> as that. <laughs> I will say, and this is unrelated to Miami, but when we did stay in a villa in Orlando, um, we had a pool in the villa 
And every single morning we woke up and there was a gator literally sleeping next to the, the all the all the pools in my in Florida tend Whoa. to be in giant fences uh, with the mesh to stop all the bugs getting in type into your grounds. But every single morning without fail, this gator was just chilling out, sleeping next to our kind of um, fence, if you want to call it that. It's like the metal fence where the mesh is. It was cool. He was like, I don't know, on the screen, if you can see, it was maybe, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's like, I don't know, two foot, something like that, two, three foot. It was long, like a little long, baby wide. gator type of thing. Oh. Long, long. Um, but yeah, every morning we saw him. He was really cool. Because obviously, and they do say you're never more than so many meters away from yeah. a gator in Florida, just because obviously they are the state animal. They're everywhere type of thing. So you do, you don't have to watch. They're more scared of you than you are of them type of thing. But obviously, with kids and water, be very, very careful. But they generally really attack adults because they see the size of adults and they're like, you're way too big type of thing. But yeah, every morning then he would see us opening the screen door and he would just then run off into the water type of thing. But that was cool. And I think, I don't know, maybe I've got this weird association with Florida and gators that I'm always like, it's not a trip to Florida unless you see a gator at some point. So I think I've just turned into that person whereby I want to see gators on the roadside or something, oh, like just seeing them in the wild. I'd, I'd literally flip. I mean, we once, we stayed at the Miami Hilton and the airport one and it's 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 amazing it's got an amazing pool it's on a lake and then we walked out which was like oh let's with the, with the kids let's walk out it was like a jetty in the middle of a lake with like um you know where people get married so we walked out there and then i could see i was like what are those ripples and then it says beware i ran back with joe, <laughs> joe Jack, Jack, keep, keep close they're gonna eat us and um but i'm just terrified i can't eat i, I literally cannot look at them one thing about Miami was it was expensive, um, and yeah. this, we're actually writing a, an article on this at the moment. That, like for for the price of two nights in Miami, you can do a four night cruise for what you'll spend yeah. Yeah. for a family um, with your drinks and with your tips and gratuities and everything. So when people say that you know cruise is expensive, when you actually compare it to what you'd spend food, drinks, snacks, um, your hotels sitting on a beach because some beaches charge you don't know, they take ubers when you add all that in it's actually cheaper to do a cruise anyway um but obviously if you're going all that way you might as well stay a couple of nights before and you don't go to these places and not see them do you the one thing i would say is that the money well spent is when you're coming in or particularly when you're coming out of the cruise port get one of the oh my god what is wrong with me today i can't think of words the men with the trolleys <laughs> what a porter yeah get a porter it is worth the tip because they take you. You know when you've got the queue and you're coming out and it's packed in the pole, they take you straight past it. They're their own gate. So that is for anybody going on a cruise out of Miami or any cruise pole, get the porter. The porter just whip straight outside. You show your passport. You stay with your porter. It's just so worth doing that. And I'd, I'd never not do it now. It is, it is a busy cruise terminal. Like the day we got off Virgin, there were, I think, six, maybe eight ships in in total. And we're talking... Not everyone was a large ship, but we're talking easily, you know, 2,000 packs each, 2,000 passengers, sorry, per ship. That's a lot of people trying to get in and out as well. Because bear in mind, these are turnaround ships as well. Yeah. So people are coming into the terminal and people are getting out of the terminal. And again, Virgin's a bit unique because equally because you get on board Virgin late, you also get off a of Virgin late as well. So that you don't have to right. be off the ship at like 8, 8 in the morning. You can get off up until 10, 10 a.m. Um, so you're obviously leaving the ship. If you leave at like 9, 9.30, you're leaving as some of the other ships are embarking type of thing so just it's a busy port there's a lot of traffic moving around yeah. so you just need to be aware of that pack your patience and have a plan 
of how you're getting out of Miami Cruise Terminal as well, because it can be quite busy. And another one that keeps happening as well, and I, I, I'm in so many Facebook groups, you just hear so many stories of it's either the marathon that's happening, there's some sort of music festival that's happening, there's some sort of event that's happening that will also have a massive impact as well on traffic yeah. to and from the terminal as well. So just I, there's ways you can find this stuff out. Just search for like, you know, Google Miami festivals or festivals in Miami on and insert the name of the dates that you're sailing and just check if there are any festivals or events happening as well, because if there are, you're just going to have to maybe give yourself an extra hour, and I'm not exaggerating, but give yourself an extra hour than you were thinking to do that journey, because we got stuck in traffic for about 30 minutes trying to get out of just the terminal itself, let alone then getting on then to Miami to get to Super Blue afterwards. So it can just add a lot of time if there's an, another event happening um, with a backlog of traffic. I think we got off late because we thought, I mean, with NCL, I think you can get off up to 10 o'clock. So we went up to sit outside the, the buffet area and just had coffees and just waited and just all chatted until we, we had to get off. Um, right. But we came out and it's the NCL, NL, quite say, NCL terminal. Uh, so the ship, I don't know how old, how many thousand, Encore 4,800 maybe. Um, yeah. Um, so obviously you've got all those, February, so it wasn't probably at full capacity but it was busy so getting off but then obviously at that time everyone was getting on as well but and it was chaos because we were out of cases but then there were people dropping their cases and they were all going in the trolleys and there was nowhere to stand and everywhere you stood you got moved on but we did manage to get an uber so that was they they seemed to have an awful lot of ubers so we still did manage to get our uber and get out to the airport yeah it's just just like i said you just need to have a plan don't you and have an expectation of how you're getting to where you need to get to of it's not one of those terminals where you can just wing it and just kind of, oh, just have a wandering no. see where we're going type of thing. You definitely need to have a plan because it is, as you said, you said it's the second busiest cruise terminal in the world. So it's going to be, regardless of when you're sailing, it's going to be busy. Obviously, with with Miami being one of the largest cruise terminals in the world, it you're going to find pretty much every single ship will have some sort of embarkation, disembarkation there at some point of the year. Obviously, Royal Caribbean is a big one. Big ship to look forward to is Icon of the Seas. So Icon of the Seas is doing seven night sailings, East and West Caribbean um, from next year, so 2024 onwards from Miami as well. Virgin, my favorite cruise line as well. They do regular sailings as well. They do kind of um, four and five night sailings uh, regularly from Terminal V, their own terminal, NCL, MSC, Royal Caribbean, Celebrity. I think any cruise line you could think of will have some sort of option to explore the Caribbean from um, Miami. So I don't think you need to worry about kind of how do you sail from Miami. I think it's a case of just picking which cruise line you want and then finding an itinerary that goes from Miami. But any Caribbean option, any South America option, well, there's a strong chance you'll find a ship sailing of your choice from Miami. And I think sailing out of Miami, that's my favourite sail out ever. Yes. Because yes. the sun's setting because it sets earlier there. Going past, you're going through that straight thing, aren't you? That strip. And it's just stunning. I think it's my favourite sail out ever. I, lo- I do love sailing. You're right, actually. Yeah, despite the airport drama. And I think it's just m- one of my favourite places. It's definitely one of those like iconic sailaways, isn't it? I think there are certain sailaways in the world that you kind of go, that's iconic. And definitely Miami's one of them. New York's another one type of thing. Uh, but no, you're right. I remember getting goosebumps as you're going away. and You kind of see the skyline just disappear Ooh. slowly and all the kind of buildings disappear into the horizon. The sun usually sets that way. as No, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it does. The sun, sun sets that way as well. Sorry. So it's normally backlit as well in all those really famous kind of, you know, pinky, orangey colors that you get in the Miami sense or Florida sunsets. It is. It is a very iconic sense sailor way to do. Can't wait to go back next year. Looking forward to it. <laughs> if the guys want to know anything more about kind of um, sailing from Miami and kind of want to catch any tips and things like that, I'm sure you've got a blog on your website. Where's the best place the guys can find that? So you can find 
uh, our Miami port guide on cruising for all cruising with kids and it's got lots of hints and tips of what to do in Miami but I'll also pop the link in below brilliant and guys if you are ever interested in sailing um, flying from the UK and sailing from Miami then definitely I would love to help you do that as well um, you can find me online anywhere under magical-traveler.com or on my social media you can find me under magical T-R-V-L-R other than that I hope you've enjoyed this episode if you have please definitely if you're watching on YouTube leave us a like and give us a subscribe drop in a comment so let us know what you liked about the episode or what you've enjoyed about Miami if you sailed from there and equally as well if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts as well it would be great if you could leave a review because it lets those two platforms know you enjoyed this episode and it'll recommend it to other people other than that guys thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode take care bye, bye.